Hello and welcome to Sound Up, a variety Seattle sports podcast where we discuss all sports Seattle. This is your host, John, and co-host to a lesser degree, Tyler Cartwright. And you, did you just give away my last name? <laughs> His address is 1111 Global Lane. Um, this podcast will discuss generally just the main Seattle sports as well as the the what we would call the three major uh, university sports or universities and their kind of sports programs um, in Washington, which are UW, Gonzaga, and Wazoo, according to our standards. Um, the We'll mainly be talking about the uh, Mariners, the Seahawks, the Kraken. Um, we'll touch on the Sounders, a little bit on the Storm. Eventually, hopefully, the Sonics. Come on, Sonics 2.0. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of just us bantering and you following along, feeling like part of the crew. I would also like to just step in. My co-host is so nice. He's so polite. The three major college Washington sports, if you live in reality, sorry, (laughs) SPU, we're not going to be talking about the tennis program. There is Gonzaga, there is UW, and there is Wazoo. Western, keep playing soccer. Come on, we believe in you guys. (laughs) All right. Um, Anything else before we get started? I think we just dive in. Yeah. Why don't you lead us off? You got some, some just fun updates. You know, it's the off season, but give yeah. us a little, a little nerds talk, a yeah. little baseball excitement. Actually, before, before we do that, let me just set up where we're at. We have recorded a couple podcasts already, so we might be referring to previous podcasts where we discuss things. We haven't released those yet. Those <laughs> were our practice podcasts. Um, they might be put on at a later date, uh, but for now, no one will hear those. So this is the first one. Lord Enjoy. <laughs> um, where we are starting off, uh, the Mariners. They recently, uh, I think it was last week, early last week, signed Tommy Listella to a one-year minor league deal, um, and he is also he he also will be getting paid by the Giants. Um, he'll be making, I believe, eleven million from the Giants, and then um, the Mariners are paying a minor league deal. Goodness gracious. A, a subject for another podcast. Baseball players make a ludicrous <laughs> amount of money. Tommy Listella is signing a minor league deal with the Seattle Mariners, and he is making more money than T. Higgins for the Cincinnati Bengals. That's unbelievable. I actually don't know if that's true, but 70-30, I'm right. He's Yeah, it's, it's very likelihood you're right, and I appreciate it. That is ungodly. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Tommy Listella signing. Uh, in and of itself, how does he add add anything to the Mariners roster? Um, he is a certified, I would call him a veteran of, of baseball. He's been in quite a few playoff games. I don't know how much. I don't have that stat on hand. But uh, he's been around winning teams. He's been in the playoffs a ton. And I think that's a lot of what the Mariners have been looking for in this uh, this offseason. They've signed a lot of veterans. A.J. Pollock, Tommy LaStella, Teoscar, I wouldn't call him like a, a super veteran. He still could be on the hook for an extension soon. But he's been in the playoffs. He's got that playoff experience, and so a lot of what I've heard they've been looking for is uh, is those those older guys who can kind of coach up the young guys, especially Jared Kelnick. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And just briefly on Tommy Listella, uh, my dad's from Chicago. Watched a lot of uh, Chicago baseball playoffs in the mid two thousands, and Listella's a solid guy. You know. He's not a not a you know top ten guy for sure, but solid hitter doesn't hit a lot of home runs, but gets on base and a great outfielder, um, and one of those guys that has a knack for timely hits. Well, just a guy that like so many players in so many sports, you know, he's probably a career two thirty five batter or something like that. He's, he's probably more closer to like the two seventy two eighty actually. You think so? Career? Yeah. yeah. Uh, apologies to Tommy, but in those big moments, the guy's hitting 310, 320. He's, I swear, it sounds ridiculous, but in the big moments, Tommy Listella is a guy that gets on base. That's so important. Yeah, I will say he was definitely a thorn in the Mariners' side for a couple years there. He was with the A's and the Angels, um, and so we've got a lot of familiarity with him. I know Jerry Depoto has been wanting to sign him as well as Colton Wong. That was back in the day, but... They've got they've got them now, and uh, that's the next step. 
Um, some other Mariners things that have happened since John and I last talked is uh, the top 100 prospect rankings came out from uh, MLB Pipeline and a bunch of other uh, sources. But um, the top 100, the Mariners have two prospects in the top 100 prospect rankings list, and they are Harry Ford and Bryce Miller. I'm not going to say their spots because depending on where your source is, it could they could be anywhere from 40 to 100. They, they, they fall all over the place. I believe Bryce Miller's been as high as 70, 75, something like that, and as low as 99 or 100. So he's got a wide range, but he's been in the top 100. Um, and he's a player that a lot of the a lot of the discourse around um, Mariners Twitter has been about him and his kind of value as he's progressed over the offseason. Is that idea being that he may be more valuable as a trade chip than as a potential player? Or are they talking about bringing him up? Um, a lot of... So he was... I think Jerry DePoto talked about the fact that he's been asked about a lot um, as a trade chip. But also there's been a lot of... A lot of discourse that he's just improved a lot, and I don't know where that came from, really. I think it was just kind of a consensus, like, oh, Bryce Miller came from somewhere. And <laughs> I'm wondering, and I've been wondering, if that's a thing that's come from people wanting to up his trade value and give him some more value so we could use him in a trade. Um, but there's also been a lot of good statistics that have said that he's got what it takes to be a starter, and we've talked, people have talked about putting him over Marco or Chris Flexen in that five spot at some mm -hmm. point this year. Um so he's definitely, he's up there. He's our number one pitcher, according to the top 100 prospects. We don't have another pitcher in there. But Emerson Hancock is right behind him. Um, Taylor Dollard's fallen off just a little bit in terms of the fact that his ceiling is a little lower than those two. Um, but Emerson, or sorry, Bryce Miller is a very good pitcher. Um, moving on to the other guy in, our in the top 100, we've got Harry Ford, who is a just like a utility up the middle player. He could play, he could play second base. He could play catcher. He could play center field. He could play basically any position in the field. He's kind of like Cooper Hummel, um, who the Mariners got for Kyle Lewis earlier this off season. Um, but he's much younger. We uh, drafted him out of high school, I believe in the 2021 draft as our number, as like pick number 12, um, in the first round. So we got him at a, at, we picked him very early and, um, he's continued to progress very well. So, both very good prospects. So, yeah, that's interesting. Bryce Miller. I guess two things. One is kind of an overarching question, which is, you know, the Mariners have been in a pseudo-rebuild mode for a while now. Um, at one point, I think it would have been fair to say that they had, you know, one of the best prospect farms in baseball. Yeah, last year. Yeah. Last year. And, you know, you hear, you know, two in the top 100, that's one out of 50 for those of us that aren't so good at fractions. <laughs> and there are not that many MLB teams. So that would sound like, particularly since it sounds like neither player are top 10 prospects, that we don't necessarily have a great prospect grouping right now. Now, part of that is you can't have, you can't count Julio Rodriguez and George Kirby towards your prospects because they're playing in the league at a high level right now. So obviously it's good to have those good young talented players playing. How is our farm system looking right now, specifically at players that are still in the farm? Yeah, right now it's uh, it's a little thin. Um, I would say because we've had graduations from Cal Raleigh, George Kirby, Julio, Jared, I think, had, a, had graduated at the end of last year. But over the last couple of years, we've graduated a lot of players, Logan Gilbert. Wait, are you saying that Cal Raleigh's not a 47-year-old man? <laughs> oh, the dumper... <laughs> He's going to play till he's 47. Are you that's saying for he's sure. going to dump in for many years to come? <laughs> that he will. <laughs> okay, um, but a little thin. A little thin. Yeah, right now. a little thin. We traded away to get Luis Castillo last season. We traded away our two. God, what a great deal. Our two top tier prospects um, in Noelvi Marte and uh, Edwin Arroyo, I believe his name was. Bye. Um, and I think their numbers like in like the mid 30s in the prospect rankings right now. So if we had them, we would have four in the, in the prospect in the top 100 prospects, but you don't become a good team by having the top prospect or top farm system. You become a good team by having the top players, having the top players and whether they're in the prospects system or, uh, or I guess the farm system or on the field, we do have a really good team at this point. And these are just small additions that could be made over the course of the next season, but we're looking really nice right now. Yeah. Now, Bryce Miller, you have an excellent point. We've got a lot of really talented young players in our lineup playing right now. 
This is much more of an opinion question for you. Bryce Miller, talented. Kirby, monstrous. Both very young. Do you have any nerves about having two of your top, assuming that Bryce Miller can, can graduate and come up, having two of your top you know, four or five starting pitchers being so young? Is that maybe one reason to move on from Bryce Miller and, and get his value and maybe maybe a less high ceiling but a higher floor vet and putting him next to a guy like Kirby who has, you know, sky's the limit. But I guess I'm just a little nervous about the idea of having two 20-some-year-old starting pitchers on a team that is getting so close to being ready. Let me just add this. Logan Gilbert is one year one year further removed but he's two years out of being a prospect as well. Logert, Logan Gilbert, <laughs> Gilbert, Logert, <laughs> Yogurt Gilbert, isn't thirty-five years old. No, Walt, Walter is. Uh, he's a nice. I think like twenty-five. This Mariners team is so young. Yes, but it is so young, full of such old souls. <laughs> I'm I'm shocked to my core. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I've really thought they've been they've been planning on doing with Bryce Miller is they're going to give him this season in the in the minors. He might move from Double A to Triple A or something. Some some move might happen, but I think he's going to be someone that they try and give give value to, so his value can increase over the course of the season, and yes. then they can make a trade with him having even higher value than he does now. Yes, and just continue to uh, to give to the Mariners by leaving. <laughs> which the all the Mariners fans know that we love to let our players give value by leaving okay so that would show that then the team believes in the player but he may not be the best fit on this team yes. so give him a chance to shine and then let him shine somewhere else yeah. I like that and I think with this team that's probably appropriate yeah um the last thing that just happened today a few hours ago um, this one, I believe, it was for the ladies, based on <laughs> <laughs> based on uh, what I've heard around the theme, uh, around T-Mobile Park. Uh, Dylan Moore got a, I believe it was three year extension. They just negotiated it um, through arbitration. Let me let me pull that up. Congratulations, ladies! You have one thousand more days. Yes, he got a three year, eight point eight seven five million dollar extension. Um, so. He's making what a little under three million a year during those extension years. I believe that puts in. I don't. I don't know when his free agency was supposed to start, but um, yeah, we got another three years of Dylan Moore, and all the ladies are gonna love it. And I'm ready to. I'm ready to watch him just tear the cover off the ball as our second base platoon this year. Once again, for those bad at math, three million a year is roughly sixty times my current salary. <laughs> so, either he's overpaid or I'm underpaid. Let's not get into it. Mariners, ah, exciting times. Much more to come on that when they start actually swinging the bat at baseballs. In the meantime, we are stuck in the bit of the doldrums in the Seattle sports world. We're going to get into some more niche discussions in a minute, but we figured going against the very foundation of this podcast <laughs> in the first episode, as all successful businesses do, <laughs> we were going to talk about the biggest story on hand, which is the NFL playoffs. Seattle Seahawks did not advance several weeks ago. No news on that on that front. <laughs> we can say because this will be aired before any of the other things that we've discussed. The Seahawks played a good game. Seahawks played in their a damn game against game. the Forty Nineers. I mean, I'm imagining now the Forty Niners just got destroyed by the Eagles, yes. and so it probably would have been even worse for the Seahawks to play the Eagles. Maybe it was good to have a good loss <laughs> to the Niners than a really it made, bad it loss. Made, it made John and I feel amazing about the Seahawks for yes. about a week there. So I guess with that being said, um, the only two things I would say on the Seahawks is, I think really the only two things to be said, two names to keep in your mind going forward. Whether you like them, whether you don't like them, you want to extend them, you don't. The two names that are the most important to the Seahawks going forward, Geno Smith, Rashad Penny. I'm not saying good things or bad things. Those are the two big names. What are going to happen to those two players? But who's left? Kansas City, technically, I guess. I guess Cincinnati <laughs> lost that game. Did you watch that game? Did Cincinnati lose that game? Was I having a stroke, or did Cincinnati win that game and they just handed the trophy to the other guy? So very, very strange. Patrick Mahomes is a hell of a player, and 
had a damn good game on one foot. All credit to him. Cincinnati won that game. <laughs> what the? What is going on? I, I cannot believe that Cincinnati lost that game. Okay, all, um, all honesty, Hawks were out of it. I was rooting for Cincinnati. I sat down after, and I counted up the big penalties that were controversial and affected the game. And it was like 8-1 to one Kansas City. Every single big penalty that really affected the game went towards Kansas City. And that's not even talking about the wacky third down redo. We don't have to get into it. They got they got a stop. They got a punt. That doesn't really matter. That was weird. There were like six other massive calls. All of them went against Cincinnati. What the fuck is going on, Tyler? Hey, okay. What I will what I will argue against your point, which please, we, we love please. to do, especially when we're watching the games, you love to get mad at the refs and I love to say, "Hey, <laughs> it's okay." <laughs> Tyler loves to defend the refs. That's everything you need to know about this man. No, what I will say is Joe Burrow threw two interceptions and only had one touchdown pass. He should have been better. And that's kind of been his thing all season is he's kind of feast or famine. He'll have great games where he throws four touchdowns. And they'll also have games where he throws one touchdown and has three picks. And I think the fact that they were relying on Joe Burrow, and he's a great player. He's probably the second best quarterback in the NFL. I don't think Josh Allen is anywhere near where people thought he was at the start of this year. I appreciate that take. I agree with it. Second best. Yeah. Um, But Joe Burrow's just not as good as Patrick Mahomes, and it really showed there because Patrick Mahomes had a better game. Obviously, the penalties were a big deal towards the end, Um, but the Bengals should have put it away. They had so many opportunities, and um, there you go. You know what? I I was getting close. I was getting close as this game approached. I, I was saying to myself, if Joe Burrow won four straight against Mahomes and went to two straight Super Bowls, I was getting ready to say that he's the best quarterback in the NFL. I was. And I will. To all you listeners out there. <laughs> it's going to happen. In two years, I will be back with more evidence on my side saying that Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the NFL because he will be. He's that good. Mahomes is the man right now. With that being said, the two biggest takeaways from that game for me were, oh my God, Joe Burrow has to throw the ball as quickly as he possibly can because he's the pressure is coming at him right away. And the other being, oh my God, it's third or fourth down and Patrick Mahomes has 12 seconds to decide what to do. Really impressed with the Kansas City O-line, especially with a hobbled quarterback. I thought they were amazing. The Kelsey touchdown on fourth and one, the huge third and fourth scramble at the end of the game that basically sealed it for Kansas City. Both of those plays, look at the protection. They did amazing. And that is not something you can say about Cincinnati's front the whole game. You're right. Burrow did throw two picks. He was pressured all game. One of the picks was basically just a really good punt. It was third and like six, and he hucked it 60 yards, and it got picked off. Literally better than the punt would have been. Yeah. The other pick was really bad. Yep. Joe Burrow, you'll be back. <laughs> the other thing to note is the Cincinnati offensive line, I believe, has had a couple injuries. Three. They Three were missing injuries, their yeah. right guard, right tackle, and center. So yeah. Left so. side of the line looked great. <laughs> <laughs> the side Chris Jones was not on. Um, do you want to say anything about the Niners-Eagles game? It was really ugly. Brock Purdy could have been better, well, but he, got, he also he got, got injured. Um, Here's my hot take for that game. I really, there's not much to say. Eagles are good. Niners' defense is kind of good. They were better most of the year. But here's the big takeaway for me. What a spectacular day for Brock Purdy's agent. Yes. (laughs) Because, obviously, it would have been better if he played really well and they beat the Eagles. But he got hurt in the first quarter. It was a hand injury. A throwing hand injury. Very easy to defend. He goes out of the game. The... Fourth string, Josh Johnson, I believe. Josh Johnson came in and played horribly. Purdy came back in the second half, rallied a little bit, sucked. But he's got the built-in excuse. So what he is, is he is 7-0 as a healthy starter. He has not lost a game as a healthy starter. I think he's 9-0 as a healthy starter. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I have no yeah. idea. But... He's won a lot of games and lost zero as a healthy <laughs> starter. We could say undefeated as, yes. a healthy, as a healthy starter. And he gets to go into the offseason saying, commit to me or don't. Somebody will pay me. Yeah. And somebody will because he has not lost a game where he's healthy. 
great day for Josh Purdy's agent. Congratulations to his mom. He'll be getting she will be getting a new house or a new car very soon. <laughs> very exciting for the Purdy family. Yep, yep. Super um, Bowl prediction? Do you have any thoughts? I think the Eagles looked unstoppable. I think they looked unstoppable. <laughs> we love to disagree. <laughs> I think the Eagles are going to beat Kansas City by like 14 points. So you're agreeing with me? I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. The line right now for all you betters out there, I'm in I'm in rehabilitation. <laughs> I can't do this or I'll have to call my sponsor. But Kansas City is minus oh no, I'm sorry. Philadelphia is minus one and a half. Yeah. Kansas City is plus one and a half. Oh my god, bet on Philly. Take a second mortgage out on your house. <laughs> Take your kids' college fund. Bet on Philadelphia. And if it doesn't win, don't come calling to us. <laughs> take it to my friend Tyler Cartwright, whose full <laughs> name is out on this podcast. Or his buddy, John. <laughs> um, I'm not sure there's much more to say. I think yeah. we both think Philly is going to walk to their second Super Bowl in six years. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that happened today is uh, Tom Brady finally announced his actual real retirement. For the second time? Good riddance. Moving on. <laughs> you said, what's, tell us what's going on with the Kraken. Enough of this other stuff. Let's get back to Washington sports. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. That was me? <laughs> you mean... Yeah. Stop pulling... <laughs> who is talking about Joe Burrow? Come on, man. Joe who? <laughs> um, no, yeah. So the Kraken. There's not much going on with the Seahawks, so we've kind of laid off of them. Um, but the Kraken. God... All of Seattle, fa- all of the Seattle fans who like hockey are just hating on Tyler Myers of the Vancouver Canucks, who uh, as if we needed another reason to hate on the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> he, uh, well, I'll just say he pulled a cheap shot. He pulled a cheap shot on uh, Matty Beniers, who is our. When we discussed this in a previous pod, in the, one of the previous podcasts as well, he was a Rookie of the Year candidate and still probably is. But he, he may still win Rookie of like he is a head and shoulders above the other rookies of the year candidates. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how bad the injury is, but he's sat out for, I believe, two or three games and is going to miss the All-Star game and was going to be the Kraken's lone representative. And that's just... that. First of all, that sucks because the Kraken are doing great this year and they won't have anybody to represent them in the in the NHL All-Star game. And uh, it sucks for Beniers, who until now has had a great campaign. And he still could. We don't and, know when he's going to come back. But it's one of those things where... He's missed a couple games. If the All-Star game was in two months, he would be there. It's not like him missing these games makes his resume not good enough. He's been that good. Yep. It's literally just a case of bad timing. Yep. Um, also, discouraging but encouraging about the Kraken, which is like, he has been the guy, the headliner, that is, he is our All-Star. But this team is really good, and... While it can be viewed as discouraging, it can also be viewed as encouraging that we don't have another two guys that should be all-stars. What it means is we have a deep team, we have a talented team across all positions that can compete in every single game. What I really loved about what you just said is you avoided saying any names of anybody else on the on the Kraken. You and, know. And we've discussed this. We're not very good at following hockey, and that's going to change this year because the Kraken are good. We're watching Kraken games. I love our players. <laughs> Thor, <laughs> puck hitter. No, that'll be. This will be a nice little uh, little warning. We are not super. We don't follow the Kraken or the NHL very much, but we're learning, and this this like, podcast is a learning experience for a lot of Seattle. As for you, so with us. We're here to learn together. Yeah. Turns out. Thor, puck hitter, not a real player. <laughs> I don't know who I emailed all that money to, but we're learning here together. I don't know a ton of players on the team, but I know Matty Beniers is our best player, and I'm I'm very sad to see him go. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear just more news about the Kraken and all the all the good that they're doing. We talked previously about they set history on having they had a seven game road series sweep so they've played seven straight road games and won every single one and that was the longest undefeated road streak of of all time in the nhl and i believe that included a two-game sweep of the boston bruins it was a it was a one one game okay one or two who are the best team in hockey right now the boston bruins have been 
amazing. Yeah, they have been. But we're, we're right there. Don't yeah, lead us we're, we're competing. That's what we're I'm competing. saying. And once again, maybe talking out of our butts a little bit, but come Stanley Cup time, we'll be primed and ready to provide, I swear to you, I will know all the players' <laughs> names, not just Thor Pocketer <laughs> by the time we get there. Um, it's exciting. You know, It's we haven't been doing a good enough job of getting up to date, but we will because this is a good team. And frankly, in a time where we're waiting on the Mariners, the Seahawks are done, and the Sonics are locked in a jail cell in Oklahoma <laughs> City. Oh, tragic. You know, it's they are the team to talk about, and we need to get informed. Listeners, get informed with us. Let's do it together. Yeah, feel free to... I don't know if this will be out on YouTube or Spotify. Wherever it goes, feel free to uh, to talk to us. Um, I guess John doesn't have a Twitter, but you can, <laughs> you can tweet me at Tycart50, T-Y-C-A-R-T-5-0 on Twitter. And once again, stuff, but. contact either John or Tyler Cartwright, <laughs> whatever, whoever is easier to find. Please, please. We would love to hear your comments. Okay, moving on from a great team we don't know enough about to a fading team we don't know quite enough about. <laughs> One thing that I can say that I'm 100% sure on is the single most successful sports franchise of the last two decades in Seattle Oh yeah, is the Seattle Storm. And there's not really a question about it. And I cannot say that I've watched enough Storm games considering their success. Um, I remember watching Sue Bird's last game and getting emotional <laughs> yep. regardless yeah. <laughs> of the fact that i ha- to be fair i have not watched i i am not going to pretend to be a day one storm guy but i do remember watching that game and you could just like feel it that like that that was something special but today february 1st 2023 we lost brianna stewart to the liberty now that it's tough there's there, there's really no way around it it's tough sue bird retires Brianna Stewart leaves. Our two best players by sizable gap are now both gone. And we are staring down the barrel of a number one pick in 2024. <laughs> yeah, uh, Stewart was um, a two-time WNBA champ with, with Sue Bird when she was, uh, when she was around. Um, she was also a 2018 WNBA MVP, I believe, as well as a four-time All-Star. Let's go. She's been amazing for the Storm. It sucks to see her go, but... We're happy she got the bag. She deserved it. She's probably one of the top five players in the WNBA. And if the Storm were not willing to pay her, by all means, take your money. Yeah. Now I'm going to belligerently plagiarize. <laughs> one, one thing about both of us, we we both enjoy making a sports podcast. We also both enjoy listening to sports podcasts. And I was listening to Sue Bird talk to Roger Bell on uh, uh, Real Ones, a Ringer podcast. And... They were talking about Brianna Stewart and the fact that she might leave at some point. This was before this happened. And, you know, I was learning a little bit about the WNBA's salary cap system. And apparently, they just don't have the best system in place to incentivize players to stay. Hmm. Where, you know, she wasn't dropping she wasn't dropping any, any news articles. But she was saying that, like, if Seattle could have offered Brianna... A significantly larger amount of money than another team could. This is Sue Bird. Don't come at me. She has a Twitter for sure. <laughs> she was saying that she really thinks Brianna would have stayed. But if all things are equal salary-wise, there are places you could get more in sponsorships. There are places that may be convenient for a home life, you know? And these may be things that contributed to her leaving. That's not faulting the storm. That's not the storm's fault. I'm sure they did everything that they could. Just a, a a bummer about the WNBA, and something that has been a bummer in all or all sorts of professional sports, especially you know? especially in Seattle. Seattle is one of those places that not a lot of people come to and stick around. Yes, that's why that Julio extension this so year big. was so oh. big. Oh, he'll be so, around. He'll, he's going to be one of the top five Mariners players of all time at least. Can you imagine being an Angels fan and having to sweat out the Shohei deal? Like, <laughs> whew, it is so nice to just like be sure about where he's going to be, but. And yeah, it's also just, and this mostly speaks to the NBA, but the idea of like bird rights is such a great idea. We need to incentivize leagues to allow teams to give the best deal possible to the players that are on that team. I think everybody can agree 
we would like to be able to at least incentivize the players we pick to stay, you know, um, in a real way. And hopefully we can get better at that. Yeah, I would say a lot of that is uh, is big for like, you know, when, when you have a kid growing up who, and this is like a lot of talk about the NBA right now. Um, well, that was a nice little voice crack. But um, <clears throat> uh, don't cry. It's okay. <laughs> the storm will be back. We'll be back no, on top. I know. Um, but people like Kobe and like Dirk and like Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, those people were immortalized by their teams, and that's why they were so adored. And right Steph now, Curry. there's Steph Curry is another Sue great example. Motherfucking Bird. Sue Bird. Um, but a lot of people, when you stay with a team, you become beloved by the city, and that's just not something that happens nowadays a lot in sports because players get moved you know trading happens but the the big franchise cornerstones should stick around because they should be something that teams want to keep around and have it be a bonus to have them stay absolutely i agree and you know i'm not sure we have a ton more to say on the subject but i'd just like to say goodbye brianna stewart you're a stud enjoy your time in the big apple i guess you know we grow a lot more apples here in washington i don't know what the fuck new york is doing being called the big apple but from from one apple related area to another <laughs> good luck let me just uh confirm oh yeah new york liberty nice i just looked it up oh okay yeah, that's what you were looking i thought it was washington but no no yeah, yeah. we had talked about it we were like uh, you had said Washington. you, you think i'll just drop that on the air <laughs> just guess I do. You in one of the old podcasts. I'm just going to out John. Oh right no, now. it's old. You can't do this. <laughs> he he referenced the Mariners of last year being similar to the 2017 World Champion Tampa Bay Rays, Ooh. who were not World Champions in 2017. That was the cheating Houston Astros. It was a nice try by John, but he blatantly lies frequently. So we'll make sure you get your facts right as we record real podcasts. But it only matters if I'm caught. <laughs> That's oh. what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. Otherwise, All the right. people will hate you and comment. You're you're reflecting poorly on Brianna Stewart. This is, about, <laughs> this is about her. This isn't about me. Um, moving on from the WNBA, just a quick discussion about UW football, and maybe we'll touch on UW basketball and Wazoo basketball because they're currently in swing. But recently, the UW football offensive coordinator, who I don't remember his name right now, I don't have it pulled up, but I've seen all the all the Twitter news about him uh, staying with UW after getting offers from both Texas A&M and Alabama um, to come for their for their programs. I've heard that he said it would be a, uh, I guess, kind of rude to leave after all these players have committed to staying with him as their offensive coordinator. Good for him. Which is good. I respect his decision on that. I also wish he would have just stayed because he likes the program and likes <laughs> Seattle. But uh, it's good to have him back. We know he's a great offensive coordinator after this year. We're going to be in the top 10 at the start of next season. And it's just, we're looking up and we're hoping that all these guys stay, but that's kind of what happens in college football is people get poached by other teams looking to replace a couple guys who did not coach as well as they could have. No doubt. Really exciting. Yeah, he could have been the OC for Texas A&M or he could have been the third water boy for Alabama. And <laughs> I, you know, the Alabama offer was tempting, you know, that's a program that promotes from within, but I think he made the right call. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, UW is going to be great this year. I think the offensive coordinator job is huge. Um, in terms of basketball, they're not looking too hot recently. They've uh, after they 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 played a close one. They they won I think three of four against it was they beat Cal, Stanford, and then Arizona State. Lost to the number five team in the nation in Arizona, which was fine. They scored seventy one points but allowed ninety two. So their defense was not looking great in that game. Um, but they're just kind of. They're very hit or miss on their how their defense plays, and better teams with better coaches will get the better of them because that's just what happens. I think Mike Hopkins needs to step up his game in terms of his offensive game plan. And uh, he's been the way that the this might be a little too in detail for for you people who aren't following UW basketball, but the way that the Syracuse 2 3 zone works, which is where Mike Hopkins came from, is you need to have just a bunch of tall, athletic guys. And UW doesn't really have that. They've got a bunch of, like, 6'2 point guard, shooting guard types, and those are not the types of guys you want to have in this zone where you have to be big and athletic. And that's just not the type... Like, Carmelo Anthony was the shooting guard for the Syracuse team when they won back in the day. And uh, UW does not look like that team. Um, Now, can you remind me, was it Jaden or Jalen McDaniels? Jalen. No, Jaden. Jaden. 
goodness. Thanks a lot, Miss McDaniels, for making <laughs> that as hard on all of us as possible. What I was just going to say is it's been really fun as a Zag fan to watch UW's evolution from a team with Jay Din, McDaniels, and Isaiah Stewart to NBA bodies playing in a completely inept defensive system to a really great defensive system being manned by a team with just no NBA bodies to man it. It's been it's been really the best of both worlds. Yeah, I will say it's been tough watching UW play Gonzaga for the last <laughs> ten years. The the one year John and I lived together at Oregon State when we when we were there for school. And uh the one year that they really felt like they had a chance was when Markel Fultz kind of went off against Gonzaga. I think that was that year, right? It was. It was the same year, I believe, that Rui Hachimura Mm-hmm. hit the game winner against UW in the kennel. I was there for that game. That was a great game. That was a great freaking game. Speaking of Zags and Rui in particular. And we're just going to, we're just, I'm going to say it because I don't want people to mistake what I said. We're just not going to talk about Wazoo basketball. <laughs> <laughs> and Wazoo basketball exists. More later on that. But first, well, I guess we should also say at the top. Wazoo deserves its place in the top three of Washington sports, and they will get their due diligence when the time comes. Tyler is a UW grad. I am a Gonzaga Bulldogs grad. We don't actively follow them nearly as much as we probably could, being such big Seattle sports and Washington sports fans. Yeah, but we are where we ride for our guys first and foremost. So, the Gonzaga, where are we at? It's very confusing. Are we ranked in the top 12? Yes. Did we lose to a you know, top 400 team? Yes. I don't want to talk about any of that. I want to talk about something a little more upbeat. I want to talk about Zags in the NBA. Now, this week, I'm sure everybody knows, Rui Hachimura, former Zag. Oh, yeah, everybody. Everybody (laughs) knows. I'll tell my Japanese listeners out there. Um, Rui Hachimura, longtime Washington Wizard and former Zag, got traded to the Lakers. He's been playing very good since playing alongside LeBron James. It just made me think about what kind of a, a strong pool of players there are from Gonzaga in the NBA. And I just wanted to take a minute during what's been, you know, all things considered a down year for Gonzaga basketball, to just shine some light on the former Zags that are thriving in the NBA. Rui Hachimura, you were seen. Keep it up. Keep grinding. DeMontis Sabonis is the big one. He's going to be an all-star for the second straight year. He's been a monster on Sacramento and has him and De'Aaron Fox are leading that team to what will be their first playoff berth in... 14 years? No, no, no. 20? No, no, that was the Mariners. It's I think they're 14 or 15 now. Okay. At least that. At least that many yeah. years. Um, and that's amazing. He's been... He's... We should, we should give him his crown. Best zag in the NBA. <laughs> Sabonis. Nobody's really that close to you right now. Kelly Olenek has been very good on the resurgent jazz. He's been very good for 11 years, however long yeah. he's been in the NBA. He has been, like, not good enough that anybody really notices him, but, like, a much appreciated player by every team he's been on. No team says goodbye to Kelly Olenek without, like, fond memories in their heart, even though he has bounced around a lot. But he's just a really good 3-5 that, like, really... When I say 3-5, I mean <laughs> a center 5 that shoots threes. There you go. Um, anyway, Jalen Suggs just got back from injury. He's been he's the one guy that I have... I Sorry, I just covered my mouth when talking into the mic. He's the one guy who I've been worried is not going to pan out as well as people thought he would. Um, and I wonder if that's due to his size. Because he's athletic, but I think it's just the wear and tear in the NBA can be rough on a smaller body. Agreed. I, he's, he's got a point guard body. He's like 6'3". Like, is he? Okay. He's a, he's as big as staff and and thicker too, but <laughs> wider, 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 wider. <laughs> Carries more muscle on his frame. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, he has had he has had struggles with injuries. One thing I will say, the offensive development has been slow. He's averaging like nine points and two assists a game as a backup point guard. Not necessarily what you'd want from the number. Of three number four pick in the draft yeah three or four or five yeah um but his defense has been everything is advertised if not better he has been a stud defensively since he came into the league tonight his second game back from injury he had five steals 
three of which were from James Harden, who's considered one of the better, better ball handlers in the NBA. He is a very, very talented defensive point guard. And shooting's not been great. Once he gets the shooting up, gets a little better on turnovers, he will be their starting point guard as a defensive anchor. You're saying Markel Fultz is not going to be the Magic starting point guard? Markel Fultz is not a <laughs> point guard by any definition of the word. He could start as an undersized shooting guard. I think that's the thing. People need, they drafted him as a point guard. But Mar- Markel Fultz has a long and productive career ahead of him as a uh, really disappointing undersized two in the C.J. McCollum role that scores points but is so horrendous defensively that he leaves people wondering if he's even worth it. It's better than he was for those couple of years that, uh, oh man, those couple of years where his free the, throws were like the number one thing in the news for a little yeah, while. The oh. Sixers were tough. I actually like Markel. He's, yeah. he's been good on the Magic, and I think, honestly, him and Jalen might work well together. I actually, yeah, I do like that combo. A little undersized, but Markel brings the offensive punch, and Jalen brings the defensive punch. Yeah. Little, mm-hmm. little UW-Zag synergy there. Yeah. <laughs> reminds me of something that's going on right now. <laughs> In many ways, we are the Markel and Jalen <laughs> of podcasting. Um, one other guy that I really want to talk about with Gonzaga, who's doing really well in the NBA, is Chet Holmgren. Mm. <laughs> Chet Holmgren. This is a crazy fact. Guys, check me on this. This is unbelievable. Chet Holmgren has yet to miss a shot in his pro career. Can you believe that? He has not missed a shot in his pro career. Shooting 100% from the field. Yeah. I. Mean, to be fair, he hasn't made a shot yet either, but... He is avoiding bad misses. I am like the Little League coach that's all about taking balls. He's not taking bad shots. He's not swinging at balls. Yeah. Good eye, Chet. Good eye. Okay, but so this is crazy. And this, you know, we brought Chet into it. This covers the last two Zags I wanted to talk about in our Zag in the NBA section. Chet Holmgren, the number two pick in the draft, hurt his foot, stepping on LeBron James, that fucking... Just retire, dude. Take a take a page from Tom Brady's book and know when it's time to leave. Um, <laughs> and then do it one year later. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But uh, Chet's been hurt. He's going to be awesome. Honestly, it might not be a bad thing for him to miss a year. I'm certain that the Oklahoma City executives just have a tube hooked up to his arm, just pumping lard into him. Just <laughs> putting some muscle on this man. He could, if if he comes out 350 pounds of pure fat, they will be excited. At least, <laughs> at least there will be some weight on him, you know? But it, I think, I think it'll be good for his overall development to have a year to focus on his body, which is very skinny and very frail. <laughs> but if I would have told you at the beginning of this year that, by this year, I mean the beginning of the NBA season, not the beginning of 2023. <laughs> I would have told you that Chet Holmgren would not be the best rookie zag in the NBA. You would have thought I was pulling your leg. But that's the case. <laughs> Obviously, Chet's not playing. But Andrew Nemhard has been awesome for the Pacers. He's been really, really good. He's played backup point guard for them most of the year, but stepped up in the starting role while... Uh, Halliburton. Halliburton's been hurt, and he's been really good. His stats aren't eye-popping. He's averaging something like eight points and five assists, but he's just been so solid, shooting a solid percentage from two and three, passing the ball, limited turnovers, big shots. He's going to be in the Rising Stars Challenge this year in All-Star Weekend, and he's he's been really good for the Pacers, and it's really exciting because I have to say... As a Zag fan, I tend to overrate Zags in the NBA. Like, I thought Jalen Suggs would be winning MVPs by now, <laughs> and he's trying to fight with Cole Anthony for the starting job. But Nemhard, I underrated. I thought he would be... I thought he would, I thought he could be a good role player. That was what I thought he was going to be. Maybe, I thought maybe. he'd be fighting for a, a playing spot on a team. Yeah. And there are teams that would love to trade for Andrew Nemhard right now. So I would just like to take a minute. To give some love to a guy that I underrated. Andrew Nemhard, keep that great work up. I love seeing Zags succeed in the NBA, so I don't have to focus on the struggles right now. Here's one more question for you about this. Do you think the an all an all Zags team in the NBA right now? So you have mm. Nemhard, you have Suggs, Suggs Sabonis, Sabonis, Kelly, Rui. Oh, one more guy. Brandon Clark. 
keep grinding on the Grizzlies. That's all I'm gonna say. Yep. You got so you got BC. those six. Maybe maybe don't start Nemhard. I don't know. No, don't start one of them. But that's a good six core. Do you think they win forty one games? Do you think they go five hundred in a season in the NBA? Absolutely not. No, no. <laughs> Sabonis is our best player, and our second best player is. Rui Hachimura? Brandon Clark, probably. God, that is... I love Brandon Clark. No, I think a better question is, would we win 10 games? That's a tough question. And, honestly, a tribute to Gonzaga basketball. Because you put any team's NBA players together on a roster, it's less impressive than you think. Players are coming from all over the place. The top... You know, four of the top five players in the NBA right now were come from overseas countries. We got Luka, Giannis, Jokic, Embiid. Yep. It's really Jaws holding it down. But and KD. John KD and I guess Steph. But point being, Davidson can't, can't, can't put together a six-man roster. <laughs> neither can Texas. Fuck. Oh. Um, and neither can Jaws' team. I don't even know. It would probably that be... That was Murray State? Yeah. It'd probably be Duke. You could put Paolo Duke, and Zion. Yeah. But... Those, Honestly, are, those are what you expect. Z- Gonzaga's got to be a top five put together the NBA players roster, and I think they deserve a little a little shine for that. So, yeah. I, do you want to take a minute? We kind of mentioned J- Jaden and Isaiah Stewart earlier. You want to give a little love to to UW players in the NBA? Yeah, sure. Um, just kind of a, a quick discussion and wrap up. Um, Isaiah Stewart, God, that man is just—he's a freak athlete, but he's also kind of a. He's ready to fight whoever he yeah. gets. He runs into on the court, grinding on the Pistons. I'll also say he took Kelly Olynyk's job. They traded the man to the Jazz because they found their new backup center. <laughs> I don't like these UW backup centers coming and taking the Gonzaga backup <laughs> center's job. I don't like it. No, but uh, no, Stewart's been good. He uh, he's got a, he's got a good like future ahead of him as a backup. He, you know, he'll be like Kelly Olynyk. I don't think he's got the same uh, shooting game. They're like. Mm-hmm. Com- they're kind of the complete opposite players. But they're going to have the complete exact same role. Yeah, yeah where, I would yeah, agree. He's going to be a perpetual backup center. Great physicality, great energy. Great defense. Great defense. Really good player, yeah. The opposite of Kelly. Both really valuable. Yeah. If we could combine Kelly Olenek and Isaiah Stewart. I think we might have Joel Embiid. Oh my God. Is that, <laughs> is that what Joel Embiid is? Let's get a DNA test on Joel Embiid. He might be half Isaiah Stewart and half Kelly Olenek. Um. Yeah, and then we've got, uh, you know who we didn't talk about, who I really loved when he was here, was, uh, I guess there's two. I want to talk about Jalen Noel and Matisse Thibel. Oh, Matisse Thibel was a UW God, the way you just put your hands up just made me so, so happy you appreciate Matisse like that. I thought Matisse was defending me. I had to to give him the ball because I didn't want him to steal I was going to flop. I was ready to flop. (laughs) No, Matisse, he's, he's fallen off a little bit this year, but he's been really good for the Sixers. Um, and just continues to be a solid role player. Jalen Noel's been really good for, I believe he's been on the Timberwolves for most of the most of his time with McDaniels. Um, and they've just kind of been cruising along. UW produces a lot of really good role players who are probably in the top half of their respective role player position. You know, Jalen Noel's a really good backup small forward. Um, McDaniels is a really good backup small forward as well. He's got really good range. Um, and I really didn't think he was going to be that good in terms of his... Uh, his size, but he's been, he, you know, he kind of bulked up a little bit and uh, put on some muscle and he looked good. Um, Fultz has made an amazing, amazing recovery after the start to his career. Orlando has been very good for him. Yep. I think he needed just some time to... Away from the spotlight. To just figure some stuff out, which is totally fair because I'm not sure any of our viewers have experienced this, but when you're like 20 years old, you have some shit to figure out. Yeah. You're not necessarily ready for the meanest city in the country. <laughs> To be booing you every single time you try to do your job. It's almost like when they when they did that with Ben Simmons, he had some some mental health issues for a little bit, the, which is okay. The only player they've been able to berate is Joel Embiid, who is literally coming from Africa. He's like, "Fuck you guys." <laughs> he doesn't I, care what the people say about him. I can handle anything you can throw. At and he's me. also the city loves him now. Yeah, that yeah. is true. Uh, they've never. I don't think they've ever really hated Joel. You know what's crazy? They haven't turned on Harden yet. I feel like Harden yet. hasn't been great. Bro, he's been there for like a year and a half. Give yeah, it, give like it another season. They will turn on him. Um, Anyways, we talked a lot about the NBA at the end of this podcast. God, don't you guys and, love uh, it? Seattle sports plus a lot of NFL <laughs> and NBA that aren't involved in Seattle sports. 
Listen, we're, we're here to provide you with sports content. Maybe you'll start watching the NBA. That's, you know, John and I didn't start following the NBA. I guess John followed it a little more because his favorite team is the Phoenix Suns. Hey now, hey now. <laughs> Don't give them any clues to my identity. I'm hiding behind a beautiful veil of anonymity over here. Um, but when my Sonics left, I kind of fell off. I, you know, I took on the Spurs because that was my youth basketball team name growing up. Gross. But, hey, Tim Duncan was my favorite player of all time. Gross. Hey, say what you want. Tim Duncan is Mr. Fundamental. And that's you what would, I am. You would like, just, just to clarify, Tyler Cartwright defends the refs and roots for Mr. Fundamental. That's Tyler Cartwright. Just just call me more vanilla, won't you? <laughs> Anyways, we're, getting, we're trying to finish this podcast and it's just not happening, but I'm going to do it. So thank you for listening. Um, if you would like to follow us, we haven't made a Twitter yet, but by the time this comes out, it will be made. So hopefully it will be Sound Up Seattle or something like that. Or Sound Up Seattle 314, <laughs> depending <laughs> on availability. We don't necessarily have the pull with Elon yet to get the, the name that we want, but yeah. give it but time. If you would like to talk more about this, you can find me, Tyler, at, like I said before, Tycart50, T-Y-C-A-R-T-5-0 on Twitter. Um, John doesn't go on social media. He just looks at iFunny all day. So well, Yeah, and feel free to... <laughs> leave a letter in my P.O. box. I come in from the woods every three or four weeks, so I, I should be able to check. The number's 11111. And yeah, like I said, I'm happy to respond to any, any fan mail. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, and have a good week. We'll talk to you guys later. Go Nurs? Go, go nurse. Hawks? Right Who's now, going right, right now? Right now, go Squids. Go Squids, baby. Squid up. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sound Up. Oof. <laughs> sound Up. Sound Up Sports. Recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You can cut it off from the beginning. Sound Up. What do we want to like? Welcome to. We could just call it Welcome to Sound Up, a yeah, variety welcome sports to, podcast. A variety Seattle sports podcast. Uh, you're right. I was really looking for that third word. wasn't necessary. Tyler, cut here. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sound Up. Fuck, what? <laughs> Tyler, ignore that first cut here part. Welcome to Sound Up. Sound Up is the name. Fuck. You can say you can say the Sound Up podcast, not just Sound Up. The Sound Up podcast. That'll probably help. A variety sports, a variety Seattle sports podcast. I'm, I don't want to say podcast twice. Welcome to Sound Up. It's easy. I can yeah. do it. <laughs> Welcome to Sound Up, a variety sports, a variety Seattle sports podcast. Yes. Okay. Fuck me. Got okay. a minute of just shit. <laughs> we, dude, we should leave this all in. <laughs> That'll be in the bloopers of the first episode. <laughs> we should have released this in episode 100. <laughs> um, okay. All right, and scene. <laughs>